Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Mesdames et messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society the Olympic Games is about to begin. This is going to be close. Oh! You can do it! You can do it! Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! But that is an Olympic champion. Ready? Hello, and welcome to Olympic Fever. I'm your host, Jill Jarris, and with me is my co-host, Allison Brown. And we hello. will... Hello, Allison. <laughs> and we are here to talk Olympic Games because we have a slight condition called Olympic Fever. Wouldn't you say that, Allison? Like, I, I would say sometimes it's it's pretty serious. It's, it is a serious disease, um, but we are going to not take it too lightly, and we've decided to start a podcast to let our fever shine, much like the Olympic flame shines within the hearts of us all, right? Absolutely. So join us every week for a half an hour exploration of the games from a fan's perspective, and what we wanted to do today was start off uh, looking at mascots. Um, Tokyo 2020 has released its uh, mascot process, uh, and even though the games are a little over two years away, choosing the mascot's gotten to be kind of a big deal. Wouldn't you say that, Allison? It's it's serious. Yeah, so just for 2020, the selection process panel had eight meetings. And then after that, there was a panel for mascot selection, and they have had four meetings. Then what they decided to do was a design contest, so anybody in Japan could come up with the idea for a mascot and enter it in this contest. The entries closed this summer in, in August. And then what they're going to do is have a big competition where all of the school children in Tokyo, or not Tokyo, but all of Japan, they will vote on who the mascot is. And that's going to be kind of a big deal because Japan is crazy about mascots. So I'm really excited to see what they come up with. And they've got just over 2,000 entries to deal with. So it's going to be kind of a big deal. And why is it a big deal? It's big money on the line if you get the right mascot. Right, Ellison? That's absolutely true. Mascots have long been a part of sports. Professional baseball and college football started featuring small children and live animals as early as the 1880s. The Olympics unofficially had a few mascots over the years. In 1932, 
the LA Olympics adopted Smokey, an adorable puppy born in the Olympic Village as a mascot. Shoes, a combination Christmas ornament and downhill skier, appeared on posters for the Grenoble Games in 1968. But the modern idea of the Olympic mascot was the brainchild of this man. Worum es uns geht, ist, dass wir vor allem ein unwechselbares Gesicht der Spiele in München erreichen. Olympische Spiele sind zwar zuerst sportliche Veranstaltungen. That's Adel Eicher and he was in charge of design for the 1972 Summer Games in Munich, Germany. Organizers wanted to erase the memories of the Nazi-infused games of Berlin in 1936. The games in Munich would showcase a new, progressive, innovative West Germany to the world. Gone were the Nazi flags, strident reds and blacks, and imposing stadiums. Eicher created sleek, glossy venues, open green spaces, and a shrine to peace with cypress trees from Lebanon. 1972 was supposed to be Die Heiterenspiele, the cheerful games. Eicher wanted his design to be clean and modern. He banned any Bavarian kitsch like cuckoo clocks or umpa bands and had no interest in developing a mascot. However, organizers insisted and Eicher applied his aesthetic as best he could. The result was Valdi, a lovable dachshund striped in soft blues, oranges, and yellows. Valdi was made into a plush toy and a wooden puzzle. He appeared on posters, t-shirts, buttons, stickers, and keychains, sold at gift shops all around Munich. 50 product licenses were sold at a minimum fee of 245,000 Deutschmarks. That's nearly 395,000 in today's dollars. The very Bavarian, very kitschy little dog was a big hit, and he helped the over-budget Munich organizers fill a financial hole. In one of many disastrous financial decisions made for the 1976 Summer Games in Montreal, organizers selected a faceless black blob of a beaver called Amak as the mascot. Licensing interest was low and merchandise sales were sluggish. Olympic organizers learned their lesson from Montreal, make the mascot appeal to children. Misha, the cuddly bear mascot from Moscow in 1980, appeared in his own children's cartoon. Kobe in Barcelona in 1992, Hodori from Seoul in 1988, Neve and Glees from Torino in 2006, and the Fuwa Dolls from Beijing 2008 all had their own TV shows as well. Izzy, the terrifying alien raisin creature created for the 1996 Summer Games in Atlanta, starred in two video games, Izzy's Quest for Olympic Gold and Izzy's Adventure. Fortius, Altius, Sidious! What if Lance goes through with this plan? There's got to be something we can do. Sam the Eagle, that most jingoistic of mascots from L.A. in 1984, was designed by a Disney animator. And sometimes, like in Tokyo, organizers get children in on the selection, all to sell more licensed merchandise. And licensing fees are where the real money is. The Olympic organizing committees do not produce the merchandise featuring the mascot. All those plush dolls and t-shirts are made by companies that pay a licensing fee to the OGOCs, and the desire to collect more fees can lead to some rather questionable products, like Sam the Eagle seat cushions, Izzy suspenders, a Fuwa tea set, and bed sheets featuring London mascots Wenlock and Mandeville. The 
The IOC hails the official mascot as, quote, a significant vehicle for the communication of the Olympic spirit to the general public. Most fans think of the mascots as ludicrous, creepy, or just plain silly. So I keep the mascot? Money. How much money? Athens made $61.5 million on licensing fees for merchandise. Beijing and London both reported $163 million, and Rio talks about numbers in the $400 million range. Even though this is a tiny fraction of the income generated by an Olympic Games, the host city gets to keep most of the money generated from merchandise licensing, rather than splitting the revenue with the IOC or other Olympic committees. Even the much-derided Izzy produced $91 million. Thanks, Allison. I, I can't believe Izzy made that much money because that was one of the worst mascots we've seen in the short history of Olympic mascots, right? It, it was it was pretty frightening. It wasn't an animal. It wasn't a cartoon character. It was just this frightening little blue blob that wore big bright sneakers and had the most frightening eyes I've ever seen. Well, and and di- what I love about the Izzy story is that when they created it, somebody looked at it and said, "What's it?" And that was its <laughs> original name. And when it was first introduced, it was totally panned and made fun of so they went back and redesigned it i i don't know who possibly thought this one was better and they said oh instead of calling it what is it we'll call it izzy but it still made a lot of money and that's the thing these mascots make a tremendous amount of money yeah it's crazy and it's it's just like it blows my mind how much they make but but i think that the the key that you talked about is that they license it so it doesn't really matter how many products and how many weird and crappy products they have they're still making money off of it even if the manufacturer or the licensee didn't didn't hit big that's true though all committees say we control who we sell the licenses to we try to keep it up classy um and keep it (laughs) yeah they they all claim that you know whether that actually having seen some of the tv shows that are created i'm not sure classy is the word i would use for some (laughs) mascot money grubbing comes to mind for me (laughs) well yes and no uh okay all yes but it, it still is The idea, I think, is trying to get kids involved and trying to make the Olympics kid-friendly, which I don't know how some of these mascots really achieve that because, for instance, the London mascot with its cyclops, if I were a child, I would have been terrified. Yeah, that one was really scary. And and the story behind it, because now there, I mean, the, the... committee in the process to create a story behind the mascot is pretty in-depth because uh, Winlock is steel from the building of the stadium with a camera for a Cyclops eye. Yes. So the all of these uh, mascots now have backstories. And if you search on YouTube for some of these videos, it's terrifying and fabulous at the same time. So the story for Wenlock and Mandeville is they were these little drops of steel made from the last girder of the stadium. And they're touched by a rainbow 
They're brought home by one of the workers and they're touched by a rainbow after he leaves them on the window and they come alive, which right off the bat is frightening. So this is living steel. <laughs> and they play with the, the steel workers' children, but one of them takes pictures. So it's this, you know, this could be a horror film if it were not yeah. done with a nice song. It, right. And and it just, like, to me, it says surveillance like crazy. That's all I can think of is, oh, my gosh, this thing is watching you and taking pictures. Which, of your children. Right. Which for London kind of makes sense because they have the most security and surveillance cameras probably of any city in the world. Right? Right. So I guess that was considered, oh, we'll even protect your children. This is fantastic. <laughs> but And make it cute and cuddly, though I'm not sure a piece of steel is cuddly <laughs> yeah i i mean i don't know where why can't we get back to cute mascots and like like valdi or something is pretty cute oh yeah it's it's the tiger the tiger is really cute i'm really glad to see them go back to something that's an actual animal that we can identify with as an animal yes and if any listeners want to take a look at the full list of the history it's www.olympic.org slash mascots and you can see pictures of all the ones all the way back to 1968 because some of these are are really terrifying so rio did a combination animal which i think is the most frightening it's sort of monkey sort of cat Genetic, in, genetic engineering at its best yeah like something out of you know the island of dr moreau is just not comfortable, but uh, Pyeongchang has this beautiful, I guess, is it a snow leopard or a tiger? I think it's a snow tiger. A snow tiger. Okay, even better. And it's wintry looking and kind of cuddly, though he does have very angry eyebrows. He doesn't Maybe have they're ex expressive. Right. Maybe in motion in his videos. I have not seen his YouTube videos yet. He, his eyebrows move, but he's he's... Much he's a much better right, and he's got that the, I don't know he's got that cute look to him. He does. He looks cuddly. I would like a soft blush. Yeah. Of, now what is his <laughs> name? You know his name? Um, I am looking it up. Yeah, we got a look. Yeah. Oh, Su uh, <laughs> oh, Yeah, yes. and I know that oh, the names always mean something. Yes. So Su Ho means protection in Korean, symbolizing the protection offered to the athletes, spectators, and other participants of the 2018 Games. Because Rang, having an Olympic Games in South Korea right now, a little frightening. Yeah, I would like the right? teacher with me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It uh, would make me better. Uh, Rang comes from the middle letter of Hurang E or I, the Korean word for tiger, and is also the last letter of Jongsong uh, Ari Rang, a treasured, cherished traditional folk song of Gangwon Province, where the games will be held. I think I did a little better with my German. Than <laughs> I am not. My Korean is going to improve. Yeah, in the I, I practiced that. Exactly. No, but he, I, I really like the tiger. I think the tiger is adorable, and I'm glad to see it. So when you when you look at the the overall list of the the mascots, you sort of see three categories. You see animals, you see these bizarre combination things, and then these sort of human esque fright. They're 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 just odd. Like Lillehammer had a boy and a girl. It's like they didn't get it. Right. 
and and Torino had a snowball girl and an ice cube boy, and Athens had these sort of. Uh, what do you call those? It, it's weird because they look like blobs with shirts. Yeah, they sort of look like part duck feet, part stick with face. I, I don't know what those right. are. And the sad thing is their names are Phoebos and Athena as a reference of two gods of Olympus. These are the things that look the least like gods in the world. And, and yeah. honestly, I'm looking at them now and I think they actually put in little circles with crosses for the one's boobs maybe oh you're right oh they're brother and oh, sister that... oh gosh oh that's sad <laughs> this is really it's really disturbing it is very very disturbing i mean they're happy they look happy but they are very disturbing bell-shaped me... creatures it does it does make me worry a bit that the organizers thought that that would appeal to children Right. Because, I mean, that goes and that goes on pretty much everything. And you see all these mascots all over the place at the games. They have dozens of them walking around so that they're in all the venues and all the areas. It's amazing. But, oh, I mean, there are some real misses on the the Olympic mascot. The Montreal mascot is it's kind of a cool design, but it does not say mascot to me at all. No, there's nothing fun about it. A, a black blob nobody could wear that as a costume and and march around and be cute and cuddly it would just be sort of this black hole that you would be enveloping a child in it's <laughs> Send, i'm sending it's you over to see quick. the mascot you've been bad <laughs> yes well the other one that falls into that category is sarajevo he vushko i think is how you pronounce it he was because apparently wolves were very popular in serbian lore and children's stories and this was supposed to be a nice wolf this makes me worry yet again right because he's got this what kind of parents these people were right because in in the the basic mascot picture he's this wolf with a very long nose a very long snout and a very long i guess the snout is very long and then he's got this yes round nose on the end of it and in the basic picture, he's crossing his fingers. Like, that I hope this is going something. well. That, that, if you know what it means, listeners, please uh, get in touch with us. Yeah. We'll have, we'll is, have contact is that info like, at the end. Yeah. Is that some Serbian hand gesture? Like, hi? Or some... I, I have no idea what he's doing. It sort of looks like um, sign language. Like, maybe it's a letter in... I don't know sign language, so I'm probably insulting all these people by saying that, but he's frightening. Uh, yeah, Kobe to Barcelona, also frightening. See, you find it frightening. I think Kobe is so cute. See, Kobe is sort of the Picasso's interpretation of a dog. Right, right. And I think maybe that's why I like it, because it's cartoony, and but still has, to me, some higher-end design kind of element to it. But I would not want him hugging my child. Really? No, I would afraid that she would come out with a nose on the top of her head <laughs> and like her feet on her hands or something. You know, something bad would happen if you hug Kobe. <laughs> oh, man. But in looking at the list, what is your all time favorite? My all time favorite is Misha from 1980 in Moscow. I know we didn't go, but I had a Misha. I bought Misha with my own money from the card store in town. 
and I still have Misha. Wow. And I think we, we've got pictures of Misha floating around our Twitter feed. Of my Misha. And she, he, I guess he's a he. He is in very good shape. I, oh. I have apparently cared well for Misha unintentionally, but very impressive. Still has, still has his little belt. And yeah, I, I think a cuddly, warm bear, especially as we're talking about, you know, the Soviet Union at this time, very excellent choice on their part. Still says Russia, but cuddly and warm Russia. You know, I, I wouldn't deny that Misha is a great mascot. I am a big Sam the Eagle fan. Maybe because it's, I know, I know it, but I think for me, it's, I know it's, it's just kind of jingoistic, but it also has to do with that first Olympics. I really remember and remember loving and I, it's a good mascot for America to symbolize America. What? Yeah. A lot of them are pretty jingoistic. So that, that shouldn't be a criticism, but. Right. I have a Sam the Eagle mug. That is still in use. I have a Sam See? the Eagle beach towel still in use today. Very excited. I do love my Sam. I also, I loved the owlets from Nagano. I just See, thought they I, were I, most adorable. Ew. And, you I, know, I also find them, I find their faces kind of that same, not real animals, yet not characters. This weird hybrid. Right. And I think for me, they are so different looking compared to the mascots before them. Like Nagano's coming just off Atlanta with that weird Izzy's oh. pretty ugly. And Lillehammer, which is children, <laughs> and Albertville, which is a weird snowflake. So French. Yes. No, it's a star. Oh, and it's a, a star. Box. Oh. It's supposed to be like a jack-in-the-box and a star. It's it's very French. Yeah. So this was like a breath of fresh air to me. And looking at it now, it looks very dated and very uh, rudimentary. But I do remember having a, a screensaver of the Owlets at, on my work computer and just loving every time I, my computer went to sleep. It was, it was fantastic to me. I also think the Vancouver mascots are really cute. I Vancouver, I have to agree. I like I, the big Vancouver, I have to Yeti agree. snowman. They are yes. abominable snow monster thing. They did a really good job with those. Yes. But, and one of the cutest products I came across were, I know it's supposed to be Sasquatch, right? Is that the Canadian oh, yeah, word? Yeah. Sasquatch. Sasquatch slippers. <gasps> You're kidding. Oh, how adorable. No. See, I would like my feet wrapped in a nice warm Sasquatch slipper. When, that oh, would you happy that pretty charming I would not want Wenlock looking at me from my slipper no 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 very scary but that's mascot so we're excited about Pyeongchang's mascot I'm really excited to see all the products that he's on and I bet they'll do a good job if they haven't done a good job with licensing them I bet the merchandise is going to be adorable well some of the unofficial merchandise can actually be even more entertaining than the official. Oh, really? Like what? Like there was something uh, from Seoul, uh, uh, rather Beijing, excuse me, where you got a fish in a keychain. Got a fish? In it, like a real live fish? Well, the fish was usually dead by the time you got <laughs> oh my it. gosh. <laughs> but yes, there, there was, and it had 
you know, a, a pirated fuwa on it. Oh, my goodness. And it had a dead fish in the keychain. Oh, that's hilarious. So Pyeongchang's got a really high bar to cross. To, <laughs> well, I to am... come up with bizarre products. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, man, oh, man. Excellent. So now we're at the point of the show where uh, we are going to play Stump the Olympic Fans. I'm worried, this is Allison, this is your brainchild. I yes, am I, excited I and scared about this. I have two things. I have two questions oh, this no. time. Oh, okay. my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So what was the first host country not to win a gold medal? Oh, that's a good question. First host country not to win a gold medal. I, honestly, I would wasn't say... wasn't the last, but it was the first. Uh, part of me just wants to go Greece. Nope. No, because Greece actually in the, if, if you're talking the first right. Greece yes. Olympics, they won the marathon. Oh, okay. Um, let me. Greek runner in the marathon. So let's, I'll give you, what was the most disastrous Olympics ever? What was the most? Del- for the host, for the host. Oh, country. in terms of not winning medals? Just in general. Oh, geez. Well, we got a lot of disasters on our hands. I mean, the most disastrous. Yeah, like for the for host the host country. country. Like, what what is your metric for disaster? Are we talking? I'm trying to give you a oh, hint. Oh, because here. are you saying Athens again? No, no, it is Montreal. Oh, that's right, because they went thirty Canada billion into that. Yes. Oh, medal. and not getting it. Oh, they not gold medal. They were, they the, were the first. Oh, that's right. And I learned that last year when I went to Montreal and toured the. Right, because in the tour, they say, look at all the flags. What country do you not see there? Canada. Poor Montreal. I took that tour, too. Poor Montreal. Uh, Yeah, that's a a topic for a different episode, that's for sure. I know. We've we've dumped on Montreal enough today. (laughs) I know, and Montreal's a lovely city, so I don't want to insult any Canadians. I loved going to Montreal. Okay, so you want a second one? Sure. To redeem yourself? Okay. What are the only two countries who have competed in all the Olympic Games? The only two countries. Since 1896. The only two countries to compete. Well, it's not the U.S. and it's not Russia. Um, right. The only two countries to compete in all the Games. Is uh, Great Britain one of them? Yes, they are. And let's see. Then I would say maybe France. No, France did join the boycott. Oh, okay. Um, then what about Greece? Oh, you got it. Can't... Great Britain and Greece. Now, technically, people will get all up in arms because at different times, Great Britain competed as the United Kingdom. and But for my purposes, it's Great Britain okay. and Greece. Well, I was semi-stumped today. <laughs> so good on you. Now, I have a question for you. Um, oh, no. Let's see. I wasn't prepared. Well, hey, wait, no, no, no. It was stump, stump the fans. So um, this week, the IOC is having one of their big meetings. And technically, the meeting was supposed to be the, the, the big unveiling of who would host the 2024 Summer Games. Now, we know that the summer 
the IOC decided at their summer meeting that they would ho- the, they would award 2024 and 2028 at the same time, and the only two cities that were left in the bidding process were Paris and LA, so by default, each of them would get a games. And then the cities decided pretty much on their own which one would get it, so now we have a, a big meeting and no huge announcement. So, yes. Which we're going to do a yes, show on. Yes, we are on. going to do a show on that. And um, Yes. But in honor of the 2024 selection... That was a long warm-up warm for this yes. question. Now I'm, now I'm nervous. <laughs> um, okay. Dr. Benjamin Spock, one of the world's most famous oh. pediatricians... Yes, read the Won book. Won a gold medal at the 1924 Games... Really? Yes. He at the time he was a student at Yale University. So there's your okay. one of your clues. What uh, I would call it a team sport. Did he win a medal in? Oh, is this, is this going to be like tug of war? No, it's a sport that like still that? exists in the Olympic Games. Oh, okay. I mean, tug of okay. war still exists as a yeah. sport, but this is a sport that's still in the games. In the games. Okay, so Yale. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. Did you yes, say summer? summer games. Summer. Okay. So he wasn't a hockey player. Hmm. Was he a basketball player? No, although he was tall. <laughs> I, um, hmm. Team sport. Oh, was he uh He in was crew? in crew. He, he was in crew. Ding, ding, ding. Yay. Very good. See, the Yale yes, was a clue. Yale, the Yale was supposed to help. The Yale was All a clue. Right. I was trying to think of what sports do they do at Yale in the 1920s. <laughs> right. Because I know so much about the history of Yale <laughs> in the 1920s. Oh, and with that, we are going to uh, round up today by talking about a little uh, Pyeongchang update. We just want to get you guys ready for the upcoming games, uh, be they 2018, 2020, or 2022, or 2024, or even 2028, now that we know who's doing them. But we will start with 2018 and what are the big changes so um it's always exciting when they they introduce new sports into the olympics it's exciting and also scary because a lot of times adding a new sport to the olympics means you also add a ton of infrastructure and that's a lot that's expensive which is a different a different problem in the games but there's going to be four new sports quote-unquote sports in pyeongchang and they have dropped one. Uh, we say good. We, we oh. say goodbye to snowboard parallel slalom. We hardly knew ye. Only at Sochi. Um, did you watch that? Well, that's not really a new. I did okay. not, and that's not really a new. No, sport. no, not no. Many of these are new sports per se. I wouldn't call them. There's one that you might say it's a new sport, but there's four. Uh, maybe you call them four events. There are four events that could. Now you the parallel slalom. Yes. They would race side by yes, side? Yes, on snowboards. As opposed, okay, as opposed to the regular snowboard where they race like in a pack. Um, That's uh, snow cross, I believe. Oh, oh yes. is that different? Um, are you talking about oh. the one where they go down the mountain four at a time? Down that, that S-curve car? Yes. Okay, that is yes. like snow cross. I'm pretty sure this is going to drive me crazy because now I have to look that up. And make it because okay, I do. Because my thinking is love that. I thought that was a great addition. Yeah, because to me, it's just people on a snowboard going right. fast. This was 
two people going at the same time and on a slalom course on snowboard. Well, that just sounds silly. Then, right. That they would have different between four people and two people. Right. Well, it's it's got the flags. So it's like on a downhill course with the flags that they have to go around. Okay, that's just well, that's, silly. That's... I'm, glad, I'm glad they dropped that. It, it seems excessive at, at, at a little, little bit. So um, they have added what snowboard snowboard cross. That is what the four racing side by side. You can have collisions. You can have wipeouts. I love that. I thought that was a great event to add. But it, that makes me too nervous. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. It's yeah. I sit there. I, I yeah. <laughs> I worry when people get hurt. I hate when people get hurt. It makes me so it's, sad. Well, it is scary because there's a lot of. And I get up. I worry for the mothers. Oh, okay, right. Oh, it's uh, yeah. When the kids get hurt on the, I'm like, oh my god, the poor mom is watching. It's like I don't even feel bad for the guy who just broke his leg. I feel bad for his Aww. mother. <laughs> I do. It's terrible. So then you love those P and G commercials, the Procter and Gamble commercials. <gasps> I cry every time. <laughs> I do. I'm like, oh, it's so sad. I do. I cry at those P and G commercials. They get you. They get you every time. It makes me just want to. They do. They make me just want to go out and buy some Tide or something. <laughs> that that washes away the pain. Exactly. Do it the laundry, mom. <laughs> so, so anyway, we're adding mixed doubles to curling. So instead of um, there being just women's curling and just men's curling, they have a, a man-woman team. So that will be kind of exciting. I like that little strategy going on there that would that would also make the pregnant curler make a lot more sense remember last time there was that woman who was five months pregnant and she was competing which is totally cool in my yeah well you know if you can do it you can do it it doesn't exactly now if you have mixed curling you can have mom dad and baby all competing at the olympics together but then if you win does the baby get a medal baby would just put the medal in his mouth So, and that would could lead to lead poisoning because you know they're not real gold anymore. They're just encased in gold. Exactly. Could be lead involved. So, <laughs> people are learning way too much about my parenting style, I think. Oh, man. Okay, so we have mixed doubles curling. We also have a, a long track speed skating mass start. And this is going to be a 16 lap race where all skaters start at the same time and it includes either the race has four sprint sections and they award points during the sprints so the first three athletes to cross the finish line win the medals and then everybody else is ranked based on points given out for the four sprints which sounds a little complicated okay because why well i guess if you were fourth through whatever you'd want to know your ranking but um why it's not just the well wouldn't that just be time your time i don't know we're gonna have to see what they do with that this was a an event yeah. uh first introduced at the uh speed skating world cup circuit during the 2011 2012 season so it looks really kind of exciting okay so this is going to be on that that long yes. track versus yes, the short exactly. track so this is like the regular speed yes. skating yes so huh. that'll be interesting to watch alpine skiing will get um its own team event a mixed team of two men and two women competing against other national teams in head-to-head slalom races so it's another team sport they're taking an individual sport making a team sport 
Nah, not not super thrilled yeah, about I don't. this one. It's just let's award more medals. Right. Right. Let's spread the right. love. Yeah. No. And then the next, the the last one, which is the big one, is snowboard big air. And this is another example of X Games coming to the Olympics because, of course, we have to have the cool sports to get the kids involved. And I spent right. far too much time going, "What is big air? What is big air?" And big air. So, so yeah. Jill, big, what is air big air is. Big Air is basically aerials with a snowboard. They go down a huge ramp. They Snowboarders go down a big hill, and then they launch themselves off a huge ramp and do check, tricks in the air and land them. Okay, so regular aerials are on yes, skis. Yes, on skis. And, and on I skis. think with regular aerials, you go kind of down a small slope, and you're just instantly on that ramp that launches you off. This seems to be a bigger hill, so... You get bigger air when you're in the air. Yeah, right? Oh. But that's a dumb name. It is a dumb name. It sounds stupid. To me, it sounds really stupid. And I know people are excited about it because it's snowboarding and it's cool. But to me, it just is not much different than half pipe. It's half pipe down a hill. And you do one trick. Well, no, well, you it do, would, yeah, it's aerials. I think it would be very different than well, half Well, yeah, pipe. because half pipe, you do a lot of tricks in a pipe. But it's still doing tricks in the air. So I guess it's more aerials than half pipe. Right. And half pipe is timed. You only oh. have a certain amount of time in okay. the pipe. So this is just saying, no, I, I don't have a problem with it in, in theory because snowboarding and skiing, if you're going to have, if you're going to use the two devices, mm-hmm. I guess it's sort of like having, I don't know, rowing and kayaking, which I think they do yes. like different boats. Right. So right. I, I'm okay with the two things, but they need to come up with a better name than Big Air. They do. They do. Yeah, Snowboard Aerials. What's wrong with that? Why do we have to give it a stupid name? Maybe there's a, in another language it has a better I name. So. I hope it has a better name. In- yeah. Maybe maybe they'll be like Luge and they'll give it a French name. Give it a French name and it always sounds better. <laughs> very, very true. All right. And with that, we are done with our first episode. So thank you all for listening, and we will see you back here next week. Au revoir. Stay in touch. Email us at olymfever at gmail.com. That's O-L-Y-M fever at gmail. You can also leave us a voicemail at 530-763-3837. That's 530-70-FEVER. We're on Twitter at Olympfever, and you can join in the conversation at our Facebook group, Olympic Fever Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. 